Hey folks, it's Alex, the Dungeon Master of Small Town D&D, coming to you before the podcast to say that in honor of our six-month anniversary, we are doing two cool things. The first cool thing is we're giving away stickers. We made some awesome stickers of our logo, and we're giving them away totally for free. If you'd like one, send an email to smalltowndnd at gmail.com, and we will mail you one. The second cool thing is we're collecting feedback from our listeners. Head over to smalltowndnd.com, our website. Up at the top, you'll see a little announcement for our six-month anniversary and a link to the survey. The survey should just take about three minutes. It's totally anonymous, and it really helps us a ton as we prepare for ARC 3. Thank you, listeners, for listening. We are so grateful for your support, and we're excited for what's next. And that's it for now. Enjoy the show! Come on in, it's Small Town D&D with Chelsea Lee. Sorry, I'm breathing so loud. With David Dillon. My chowming is getting cold. And Dewey Cassidy. Once when I went to the doctor and he said I'm perpetuating like a baby, which is a weird comparison. And I'm your Dungeon Master, Alex Wolfson. Let's get to it. is hot and humid. Your linen shirt sticks to your sweaty chest. Flies buzz around your head incessantly. Light filters through dense forest and mangrove swamps as we walk down an old forgotten stone path. And there, where the forest meets the swamp, where the air is the thickest, we come to the bayou town of Chester's Chair. A wide, cobblestone town square spreads out ahead of us, and people are packed in there together, shoulder to shoulder. Humans, halflings, dwarves, and more. Children are sitting on their parents' shoulders. They're straining to see. And as we fly forward in the middle of this great square, it's a small gray stone platform, surrounded on all sides by flowers. And on it is a single figure, a pale, sickly boy in a poorly fitting suit, He's balding at a young age, but he stands proudly and addresses the crowd. He's holding out a scroll ahead of him, and he reads, Introducing the mayor of Chester's chair, Gaudrin Whirr! And an older human man in a tweed suit and a pork pie hat ascends the podium. He ruffles his feathers, shakes uh, uh, once and twice, and he addresses the crowd. My fellow citizens of Chester's chair, Home of the world-famous Chris Tato, and once called the most conveniently located town on the continent of Gardenia, we gather here today to read the results of the annual Call to Greatness. For those youngins here, I remind you that the Call to Greatness is the annual lottery here in which one city is chosen for greatness. Since Chester's chair is technically, legally, a city, we qualify for consideration. To all of those who would say we have no chance of winning, I say boo to you. We may be in the middle of an unprecedented 588-year streak of bad luck, but our fortunes could turn around in an instant. Now tile the envelope. The the sickly little boy hands him an envelope. Uh, The crowd seems to hold their breath in anticipation. And as he unfurls a royal adorned envelope and pulls out a letter, his jaw drops. 
Oh, good God. Is this right? Oh, my God. I thought we had no chance of winning, but folks, we won. Folks, Chester's chair will answer the call to greatness. What does that even mean? Uh, the commotion bursts out in the audience. People jostling each other. Some of the very oldest in the town uh, are shocked, understanding the significance, but most young people are confused. What does this even mean? This seems like a, this is an award they read out every year that goes to some other bigger town. Mayor Werp continues, We have the honor of selecting a group of three champions to train at a prestigious University of Scarlet Edge before embarking on a life of adventure and heroics, slaying beasts and protecting the weak and innocent, and no doubt amassing great wealth and power along the way. So, fine folks of Chester's Chair, I say to you this, who among you will answer the call to greatness? There's confusion. Silence overtakes the audience. And then a brave hand shoots up. Whose is it? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Dewey, could you please introduce your character? Uh, so this is our friend Albert Penis. So Albert Penis, he's a halfling, which uh, is sort of like your hobbit. You know, that's sort of like little, little he's a little guy. Um, what's cool about Albert Penis is that he is an artificer. But in his mind, he is an inventor. He's a male. He's 58 years old, which is not that old for halflings. He's got wavy, like blonde, brown, like shoulder length hair. Picture like a young Benjamin Franklin or Jimmy Buffett, sort of in that range. He's got a white linen shirt and a brown vest, very Franklin-y, dark leather shoes, big round glasses on his face, and uh, he's got a little tool belt with all of his tools and a big old bag. Great. And as the first hand shoots up into the air, it kind of breaks the ice, and now more hands all over the audience. I would just like to make sure that people can see my hand over this crowd. I know that I'm of a shorter stature. Another hand shoots up. Chelsea, could you introduce yourself? I don't know if this is allowed, but I wanted to cast Minor Illusion. That's like a huge... Before introducing yourself, go ahead. Yeah, huge, scaly, monstrous-looking dragon hand shoots up way into the crowd. Great. Pulling attention, uh, the scaly hand shoots up into the air. And who does it belong to? Clegg Tumstool. So Clegg is also a halfling and is also very small and <laughs> needs to project a huge hand to be noticed. She is a lightfoot halfling. Her hair is prematurely white from the stress of being alive. She is 30 years old, two foot 10. She is very much stressed for the weather and that she's overdoing it. She's wearing a huge floppy garden hat and wearing the warm orange robes of Colnox University's most prestigious wizarding school. Um, and if you look really closely, hanging from the back edge of the hat is Clegg's familiar, who's a small bat named Summer's Bounty. <laughs> um, he's wearing like a little denim tank top and little denim cutoffs just to be decent. Um, if you've ever made clothes for a doll, it's like the simplest shape. Clegg also has a spell book, which is a voice-activated, password-protected diary from, like, the early 2000s. And that's Clegg. Wonderful. And as more hands are shooting up, David, could you introduce yourself? 
Yes, uh, this is Jeremiah Gelsinkley. He's a uh, Asimar, but his bloodline has had a, a mutation, so he doesn't really have any uh, wings, just two little nubs uh, on his shoulder blades that you can't really tell, uh, just kind of look like pimples on his back. He's he's pretty skinny, kind of looking like American Gothic, white frizzy flowing long hair um, and, a, and a beard. Uh, so it almost just looks like a ball of frizzy hair in golfing this little tiny face he's he's five nine um and that's just because of old age he uh has round wire glasses jean suspenders and a plaid shirt he has a a black ring tucked into his waistband is a black book that's tattered with a very faintly you could see an embossed scale and as the three of you jostle for attention reaching your hands up the mayor oh my gosh almost overwhelmed by the attention he points out uh, towards you, Albert. Looks you right in the eye and says, uh, 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 "No, no, no. The, uh, the the man behind you. Oh, excuse me." And you turn around and see behind you another halfling, a little taller than you, a little younger. You know, sort of looks like Albert Venus, but younger, smarter, and better looking. He's an artificer. He's wearing a welder's apron stained with grease. Big strapping arms. Uh, he has a small robotic robotic companion, uh, a rhinoceros named Rudy, hissing with steam at his side. And the halfling puts his hand down and says, Me? Why, my name's Dewey Vagina. I would be honored to answer the call to greatness. And he comes weaving up through the audience. And just as he does so, Mayor Werp looks out. He sees a, a woman in the in the crowd. Uh, he points at, at you, Clegg Tumstool, and says, No, scoot, o- scoot over. You! And behind her, a woman, a halfling wizard, wearing a billowy purple skirt, loose-fitting college sweater that says Scarlet Edge U. Says, you, Chelsea Buttertop. Yeah, you. And she says, oh, I guess I'll do it. And she wanders up through the crowd. And Mayor Werb looks over uh, at, uh, at you, Jeremiah, and says, uh, no, scoot over. Behind you, behind you, at another Asimar cleric. Also in jean overalls, one strap off, casual confidence. As his peck shows, you can see the musculature rippling. He wears on his neck the symbol of Lathandar, a road traveling into a sunrise. And he says, well, it's me, David Jeb Hendry. If it's going to be me, I guess it's going to be me. And, and this other three party, sort of like all of you, but much better looking, slightly younger, certainly smarter, makes their way to the stage. And Mayor Werp is overwhelmed as a roaring applause breaks out. Uh, just then, a hand tugs on his shoulder. It's, it's Tile, his sickly assistant. They, they converse uh, quietly, and Mayor Webb says, Oh yeah, we also have the not-quite-as-great honor of planning a tour of Chester's chair for the Queen of Scarlet Edge in honor of our selection. My loyal assistant, Tile, reminded me that we need some help planning that. This selection doesn't come with all of the wealth and power of the call to greatness, but it would help us out a bunch. So who among you would join the... Um, Official party planning committee. Oh, yes. Yes. Party planning committee. Uh, yes. You there. He points at you, Albert Penis. Does he want a response? Come on up. Come on up. He pulls you up to the stage. Uh, another hand. He looks over at you, Clegg Tumstool. You volunteered for the earlier thing. And he looks over at you. Come on up. Looks over at you, Jeremiah Jelsinski. Uh, Jeremiah looks up and doesn't really want to go up as, as much as he likes it to grandstand. Um, this isn't the, the time nor place for it. But he, he looks down at, at his book and he said, this may bring many followers to Kelimvar and, uh, and has a little bit more pep in his step as he uh, goes up. 
He says, yes, come on up. Come on up. Now, don't come all the way onto the stage. Just down here. And he points down. Uh, you see Tile, the assistant, kind of waving. And as Mayor Work turns to address the crowd, the call to greatness has been answered. We have chosen our heroes. The crowd roars with applause. Ah, yeah! Let's make Chester's chair a place to remember. And the crowd roars with applause as Tile kind of covers his ears and, and brings you all close. And as the crowd dies down, you get a you get a better look at your compatriots around you. All of you volunteered for something else, but seem to be chosen for some kind of backup. And as the crowd starts to slowly disperse, what would you like to do? Uh, can I try climbing on the stage? I'd like to talk to the mayor. Yeah, the mayor is is talking to these three heroes. And with one resounding leap, boom. Mr. Mayor, thank you for uh, meeting me as, as, as uh, I'm just, uh, sorry, I get so nervous. Uh-huh. Who are you? I'm Albert Penis. I'm one of the volunteers for the for the the Your tour. Your name's Albert Penis. Yes, it's it is Albert Penis, and I uh, I want to talk to you about the tour because I think this is a great opportunity for our city to finally transition to horse free life. Oh, not this again! This get him out of here, please. No, they, Dewey, they, Dewey Vagina, will you please remove this man with an unusual name? And uh, Dewey Vagina seems to grab you and says, uh, "Hey, come on, man! Uh, you really should get down." All right, back off me, you weirdo. Okay, back off me, weirdo. All right, that's. I didn't want to do this, and I'm going to pull out my uh, torch, which is my torch was meant to be an automatic butter melter so that when you slice a slice of butter, it'll melt it to spreadable consistency, but instead it just shoots out a pillar of fire. Holy shit. So I'm going to pull that out and brandish it to get him away from me. Ah, ah, He backs away. He says, don't make me get Rudy on you, man. Who's Rudy? Your wife? Very funny, Mr. Penis. He points to Rudy, goes, hiss, Rudy. And uh, the little robotic rhinoceros next to him seems to billow steam. Oh, God, my one fear, steam. And I'm going to run off. The mayor uh, pats Dewey Vagina on the back and says, oh, thank you. That man has been bothering me for some time now. And as you jump back down, Tile seems to get your attention. Okay, stop, stop. Oh, my gosh. You two are already problems. Thank you. He'll put an arm around Clegg Tomstool. You are doing the best at this. Thank you. You three, I really appreciate you volunteering for this assignment. Thank you. I know it's not quite as exciting as the call to greatness, but it really is an opportunity to showcase your love for the town. My name is Tyle Boldfellow, special assistant to the mayor, 17. Sorry, I said your age? And my job here is to make sure everything runs smoothly for Mr. Mayor. So are you telling me, son, that you have... Your mouth to the mayor's ear. Oh, of course. The mayor listens to me on all things business, science, planning. That is good to know, little boy. How's your compensation package? Oh, we can't pay you. But, but, there are perks for being on the inside, I'll have you know. Let's talk in my office, or should we say your new office part-time when I'm not using it. Would you be able to get my social security checks a little bit faster? Um, we can look at that. Perfect. Come on! Uh, and he'll bring you over to, to the city hall. City hall is the most beautiful building in town. It's a two-story stone building. It was clearly built at the height of this town's power, days that are long since past. There's a large oaken double door adorned with the twin crest of Scarlet Edge and Chester's Chair a red tide along the edge of a scimitar for Scarlet Edge, and a thin, rickety wooden chair for Chester's chair. And as he pushes the doors open, 
You see offices on, on multiple sides. He walks you all the way down past these offices, up a small staircase, until you reach the last room in the hallway. It's a room that says janitorial. As he pushes it open, you see uh, it, this is clearly a janitorial closet, but supplies and shelves have been moved out. They've been replaced by an old wooden table. One leg is shorter than the other, so it's constantly ricketing. The paint's long been scraped off of four wooden chairs around it. A makeshift window has been forced into the wall. It looks like Tile's own doing because it looks like someone has punched a hole in this wall and then fitted some single-pane glass to it. It looks out over Missing Chair Square, uh, the main town square that you you were just in. Tile brings you in. You see there's vomit in the corner, and Tile goes, Oh my gosh! I thought I told them to clean up the vomit. This is so embarrassing. I am so sorry, folks. I must say, the architecture's building is quite impressive. I normally don't make it this far without being thrown out. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You know, it's not the most glamorous office. I'll be first to admit. This is janitorial it's on the door. It's formerly janitorial, yes. And we keep the soaps. Uh, sorry, while we're here, I hate to do this. This has been bugging me for years. What is the exact distinction between... A janitor and a custodian. I'll give you a long pause. Oh my god, I'm doing so bad at this. I'm doing so bad at this. No, poor creature. I just wanted to be the best special assistant to the mayor. I wanted to know all the good things. Can we go ask the mayor what the difference is? Oh, he doesn't know he relies on me for lots of things. What does he do then? I'll find out. You sound like the brains behind the operation. I'll find out. Tile, Tile, poor creature. I'm going to put oh. a hand on him, comforting what I think is a comforting hand. Oh. Can I reach his shoulder? Yeah, you reach, you reach up and touch his shoulder. He's okay. like average height, but it's very yeah. high. It's very high for you. He's comforted instantly by any human touch. You have done enough. You are a good boy, and you hate horses. Huh? Huh? What, what? was that last part? I I said you're a good boy, and you, yeah, you move Thanks. with such forces. Thanks. Thanks. I have something, a little token of my appreciation, just to show you what a good job you've done. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh it's my god. Little, it's this little, little thing I've been working on. I'm going to pull out a scroll. Okay. This is a diagram of the human body being impacted by a horse at various miles per hour. So you can oh, see, it's so graphic. Yes, yeah, so you can see what happens at 5 miles an hour, 10 miles, 20, 30, 100, etc., etc. And oh my you can gosh. see how dangerous it is that we've let these things run around. That last one or- is just a red cloud. Yes, I ran out of brown marker there, so I let you sort of imagine what it sort of does. Where do you find a hundred mile an hour horse? I'm going to let you keep this. You just read, and whatever ideas okay. come to you, they come to you. Uh, okay, Mr. Penis, sure. It's Albert Penis. Please do not call me Mr. Penis. That uh, Albert Penis. Albert Penis. You can call me Albert. You don't even need to do the whole name. I don't know your last name. Is it Panay? Nope, it's Penis. It's uh, Oh, okay. It is Penis. Again, there's, it's a normal name people have. Well, whatever you're called. Albert Penis. I guess we should get to some business. Oh, Penis? Albert Penis. Albert Penis. I guess we should get to some business. Thank you for this. I'll keep it. And um, consider what horses can do to people at high speeds. Or slow speeds. He puts it away, and he lays out a a map of the town on this little table and walks you through it. He also has a checklist. He says, the party for the queen is in one month. There's a few things we need. We need a hundred gift bags, a citizen's address, a speech a feast, and entertainment. And I don't really know where to start for any of those. But, I, I don't know, you're you're all locals, right? Like, you can tour the oh, town, well, maybe. Are you not a local? Oh, I'm a local. But I'm I don't know local. everything. I mean, this job keeps me pretty busy. I'm not from here. I'm from Colnox, from the north. 
Oh. Oh, me. Uh, Tile, um, is that your vomit in the corner? That's not my vomit! Who told you that? Why are you so defensive? Did Lan tell you that? It's not my vomit. Who's Lan? Lan Spunk. Don't bring up Lan. Oh my gosh. Whoever's vomit it is, they should know that whatever species they are cannot digest whole bones, it looks like. No, and that was a shock. Okay, so you need these things, these four things, in a month. It's supposed to, like, represent the town, you know? It's supposed to be a good reflection of the town. It's like, whatever we show is going to be what the town is known for. And it could be really important. I mean, if we impress the queen, that could lead to, like, investment, I don't know, development, tourism, things that are good for us. And if we have... Sorry, I have a clarifying question. When you say a month, do you mean 30 days? Or is this one of the months where it's 28 days, so we only have that much time as 31 days? 30 days, exactly, actually. Okay. As I was saying, if we upset the queen, that could mean the end of Chester's chair entirely. It would be real bad if we if this doesn't work out for us. I'll give you all some time to to think about what you what what you might like to do next. What, what are take, you going to help with? We we have four tasks. Uh, what were you what what would you want to work on? I'm a manager. I coordinate. Uh huh. Wouldn't that make you a coordinator? Would Lan help us? Don't talk about Lan. It's probably his vomit. Well, I think that group bonding idea was a rather good one, and that's unfortunately where we may part, because I was suggesting that we meet at the local haunt for some brew. Well, you can do whatever you want. I mean, this office is yours now. Let me give you three keys. He hands out three little gray, like, plasticky keys. And um, he says, this office is yours, except for Monday through Friday from 8 to 2 p.m., and Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., then it's reserved for the Mahjong Association. But all other times, it is your office. Do we have a workstation? He looks at the table and chairs, and judging that uh, you don't mean that, he says, no. This vomit appears to be much older than you originally let on. All right, leave me alone about the vomit! And he walks out and slams the door behind him. (laughs) Well, fellows, very nice to meet you all. Let's say we get to know each other better behind some brew. I was hoping to get some distilled Cristato. Ah, yes. A couple of Tato bombs. I think that's a great way to start the day. And here's a fun game. What if we play uh, something a little called Gold Bag Roulette, where after all the drinks are done, we'll all shuffle our gold bags, and whichever one we grab, they pay for the drinks. You're on. All right. All right. I, I cannot wait to play. Great. So you all head out of City Hall Back into Missing Chair Square. This is the big town square, so named because the namesake Chester's chair is missing, has been missing for many years. Those of you who have lived in town, at least, know that there's two main bars here. There's the Mossy Marsh and there's the Split Log. Uh, Which one would you like to go to? You know, I would love to go to the Mossy Marsh. Uh, It is up to you guys what you prefer, but I know they have the best brew in town. I'm going to take your confused silence as a yes. <laughs> Come along, and I'm going to try to put an armor on the two of them as we walk along. Plexus, don't touch me. Ah, uh, the beauty of a fresh friendship in bloom, learning boundaries. <laughs> Jeremiah reluctantly is uh, okay with this. All right. Now we know who the pushover is. As the three of you reach the mossy marsh, you're presented with a small, wide, single-story stone building. It's covered in moss and reeds. This, you know is a major destination in the Reed District. The Reed District is a collection of small homes and craft people's workshops nestled among tall reeds and muddy streams. The residents of the Reed District are skilled hunters, leather workers. They call themselves the Tanners, and this is their local haunt. 
you walk into this moss-covered building, um, pushing open a wooden door that's seen better days. It's like the entrance to Shrek's hut. It creaks open loudly. Uh, and inside, it's large, inviting, popular. You see a couple familiar faces right away, Albert and Jeremiah. You recognize Brenda Shortspur and Kara Shortspur. Brenda is the mother of Kara and the owner of the Mossy Marsh. Kara is a late teens human girl, works at the Mossy Marsh. And you see a few other folks sitting off at different tables, drinking, kind of minding their own business. And as you swing open the doors and enters, the first thing you hear is, Oh no, no, no. Brenda, good to see you again. It's Brenda with an I, we've been over this. Brenda, good to see you once more. Have you given any more thought to allowing me to put up posters for penis curiosity in your restroom? I'm not putting up anything pornographic in. Oh no the no no! That's where we misunderstand. It is not pornographic. It is an advertisement for my shop. And that, and I don't know what kind of goes on in your shop, but it's not. Oh my gosh! Brenda, you're with if this you one? keep nagging me, I'm going to fall in love with you again. Oh my god. Albert P, you came in with the worst company of all time, and she turns to you, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you also know Brenda, and also are not her favorite. Brenda, this wasn't my first choice to be here. I just want to make that clear. The feeling's mutual. Ah, but who's this? You look nice. I'm not going to judge based on the company you keep. Who are you? Clegg Tumstool. That's your name, Elise. Is that who you are? Yes, that's my name. I come from a long line of Cleggs. It's a family name. Well, you've certainly all found each other. And at this moment, she's interrupted by uh, her daughter, Kara Shortspur, a slim, starry-eyed young woman. She's wearing an apron, much like her mother. She runs over and goes, Albert! Kara! Hi! Hello! I have given more thought to your school project, and I think, you know what? Yeah. Fire is the wrong way to go. Oh my gosh. I think we need something a little less flammable for your school project. You're so right! Mom, he's inventing at light speed! And Brenda goes, no, he's not. He's making things up. His inventions... He goes, he's a genius! Kara, I wouldn't call myself a genius. I'm merely inspired. And humble! I won't complain. <laughs> Oh, and who are you? Um, oh, I've seen this one before. She points at you, Jeremiah. But um, who are you? Oh, we're kind of like the same age. I mean, maybe I'm a little younger. Did you say you go to school here? Yeah, I go to school at the at Tower Schoolhouse. How about you? Do you go? Um. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> no, no. Oh, my no, gosh. No, <gasps> she no. recognizes you. Her face no. drops. Oh, oh. Teacher's pet. Teacher's pet. It's teacher's not me. pet. Oh it's my not. gosh. Albert, you're hanging out with a teacher's pet? You oh have, my gosh. You have no idea what I've been through to get here. Now, now, now. There's nothing wrong with becoming friends with one's teachers, and I'm sure everybody has their own path to feeling comfortable at school. She's the special helper to the teacher. No, that's not me. You misunderstand. I I don't I don't <laughs> feel comfortable hanging out with a dweeb. I don't belong here. I'm on study abroad. This isn't, uh-huh. you What's have no her idea. Her uh, Brenda Cole goes, Knox stop, University. stop, you're sitting in the back, the three of you, and she oh. uh, she drags the three of you over. Jeremiah you. submits. She pours you mugs of ale. Oh, Brenda, you know my usual. She says, these are free if you'll stop talking. Music to my ears. That'll be the normal price. And she turns around. Uh, let's let's have a toast to newfound friendship. Yeah, we could we can toast. Um, I was kind of hoping to to, to get a bomb. Ah, uh, yes. One issue with that would be we would need to ask Brenda. She does not appear to be in an answering mood at the moment. But 
If you are so inclined, feel free to come talk to her. I, I fly down Brenda. He goes, what? From across the room. We want distilled Cristado. Three, please. Do you, either of you two have any money? We're going to settle this up at oh, the end. Oh, Brenda. What's money between friends? Oh, gosh. She'll go and get it. Um, actually, let's do the first roll of the game. Jeremiah, you can go ahead and make a persuasion check. 16. That's a 16. And maybe it's the call to greatness and the good mood that seems to have infected this fine place. But Brenda Short Spur pours you three shots. Oh, Clegg says, none for me. Thank you. Oh, two shots uh, of, of Chris Tato vodka so that you can make a Tato bomb. Well, we asked for three. Thank you. Here's the third. She'll, she'll give you the third. Thank you. Now, Jeremiah, I have never before done a Tato bomb, if that is it. What exactly are we doing here? Okay, so you're going to grab the glass and you're Done. you're going to the, the shot glass. You're going to drink. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Hold on. There we <laughs> go. Done. You'd grab the shot glass with the with the with the Cristado distillate in there, and you shoot it back, and he shoots it back, and then you you chug your beer. He chugs the beer, and then the bomb part is you throw the glass at the wall, and he throws both glasses as hard as he can at the wall. Splendid! What fun! (laughs) Down and both do the exact same thing. Glasses explode all over the corner of the bar. Brenda goes, oh my! Brenda, you must put this on the menu. It's not on the menu. It's it's not a real thing. It's a secret thing. Potato bomb is... Oh my gosh. Now, Jeremiah, I must say, I'm a bit surprised that you and I have not crossed paths, being that we're both old stock here and you seem to know everyone what is your deal what do you do all the time uh he he gives you a he looks up and down and says i know you i know you we're not going you do oh my reputation precedes me you must know me from the success of my main street shop penis curiosity (laughs) where i sell oddities and whatnot and everything you need for your home i see it next to the cristado fry where i get my cristado fry and mayonnaise and I think about how this town is never going to be able to pull itself up by its bootstraps because of your little shop. It's actually a two-story shop, so... Your two-story shop. <laughs> well, it's... Uh, I see it quite a bit differently than you do, my friend Jeremiah. Penis Curiosity is a home for invention and innovation and everything that makes this town great. That spark... That is in within within each of us waiting to light fire to some lint or maybe some kindling. I don't know, but I see it as the possibilities of our town. Sure, sometimes I don't make great sales, but I think that one day that shop is going to take off when I design the next great household item. When you're holding in your hand the next butter knife or next drinking glass and it has penis all over it, you'll know. I've made it. <laughs> Can you invent a glass that explodes way more than these shitty little glasses at this bar for when we do a tater bomb? Ah, uh, you must be referring to my self-chilling glass. A glass that freezes so quickly that it explodes upon impact. I have not worked <laughs> out the kinks, and every day I cry about it. But I have done that. If you'd like it, I have too many in the back. It is causing me great pain. Let's grab some on the way back. We'll we'll bring it to the to our to our closet, to our janitor's closet. Great, you must pay me for them. I cannot give them out as a friend. So please. Well, maybe we. Okay, we'll start a tap. We'll start a tap. Uh, uh, oh, okay. You know, I'm afraid of both of you. 
oh my good, I'm so sorry. I consider myself a male feminist. Have I done anything to make you uncomfortable? <laughs> I am so sorry. Every day I walk past penis curiosity and I am so afraid. Afraid of, of what it means and what goes on inside. The only thing that goes on inside is the beauty of life, which is invention, innovation, the, the, the majesty, the chaos. It's all, it's all what life is really about. And I'm sorry if that has frightened you in any way. Summer's bounty hears howls from Penis Curiosity every evening. <laughs> ah, I recognize that noise. That is the noise that wakes me up every morning at 7 o'clock, bright and early. Summer's bounty is his own man. I don't know what he does in his free time, uh, and I have no control over him. Uh, another free spirit. Is Summer's bounty with us currently? Yeah, as yeah. you look around the back of uh, Clegg's uh, hat... You see there is a Mexican... What is this? The Mexican short... <laughs> it's the Mexican free-tailed bat. Mexican free-tailed bat. A little brown bat hanging upside down. Eyes wide open. Arms kind of outstretched. Ah! I, I slide it a, a, a tater. Uh, distilled tater. It sucks it up like a vampire. That was impressive. That's quite a little creature you have there. If if you say he runs off on his own, would it be possible for me to borrow him one afternoon and see what I can learn from him and his kind? Uh, he is my familiar. He cannot really stray that much farther from me. Well, then perhaps you should come over. Not in a weird way. Again, this is just <laughs> a friendship thing. My character is into people his own age. It wasn't weird until you said it was weird. Well, I felt a pause. Perhaps it was my own self-consciousness. And it's at this point, as the conversation gets stilted, that you hear a voice from across the bar. Well, well, well. And walking towards you, a human man in his 80s, he's wearing armor that almost falls off his body. This fits a much younger, taller, and stronger man. Uh, he comes over, he takes a little dagger out of his pocket, and he, he, he tries to stab it down into the table, but misses, and it lands flat. He cuts his hand a little bit, but doesn't look at it. Jeremiah Jelsinski. I thought I told you never to come around here anymore. This wasn't my first choice. This is Sir Alistair Turtle, your rival. Jeremiah, is this some sort of friend of yours? This is a this is the turtle. There's no reason to talk to him. I wouldn't call myself a friend. If an enemy is a friend, then I guess that's what I am. Ah, uh, unfortunately that is an antonym. Do you have turtle in your bloodline? He shakes the blood off his hand, ignoring both of those statements. Now, the Mossy Marsh is my territory, Jeremiah. I know. I thought we agreed. Like I, like I said, this wasn't my first choice. I was dragged here against my will. I heard a disconcerting rumor that you have been empowered by the fool of a mayor. Is this the truth? Well, we're gonna we're gonna throw a pretty big party, and uh, and you're in charge. Well, yeah. I mean, we are. We're the reason why it's gonna oh. happen. It seems to really get under his skin that you have any power at all. Oh, God. Oh, no, 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 no. Look, there seems to be quite a bit of animosity between the two of you, and I think that the greatest fix for that would be a nice drink together. Two more, two more of the Tato bombs, please. Brenda says, again, are you, who's going to pay for these? <laughs> oh, Brenda. Turtle said he would. Okay. Pours them in. Uh, Turtle goes, two more. And make them three. He puts them on a third finger. It's like half chopped off. Five total. The the uh, five Tato shots are uh, slid over to you. Sir Alistair Turtle says, I think what we need here, we all know. 
a heroic sacrifice. Which one of you will lay down your life to settle this dispute between us? Turtle, you're if 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 you're going to keep up with this, you're going to be the heroic sacrifice. We need in a the heroic sacrifice. You're Back not in heroic day, we enough had heroic to be a sacrifice to solve every problem that you could think of. You can't if there even was a problem, do it. You had so many problems. That's why there were so many problems because you were trying to sacrifice everyone. No, not everybody had to get sacrificed. Everybody, just no, just you just no, you can't say that. No, they weren't doing that for, for that. They were Is trying to a hero no, in this whole room who will sacrifice themselves sacrifice? You couldn't be a hero if you wanted to. I would like somebody in here to stand up, take a dagger, and sacrifice themselves in order to end this man's talking to me. I'm, I'm going to pull out my sickle, and I'm going to use it to, to push the, the tater bomb next to him and be like, we're going to break bread, and that's going to be the end of this. Fine. In honor of your valued company and these two sweet little people, I didn't mean that in a racist way, I, I'm nice gonna let it slide, only these... because you're paying for all these drinks. Uh, make your persuasion check. So I rolled a 19, but also, yes. I want to roll sleight of hand and do a little trick with the empty glass. Okay, what's your trick? Um, you know how like people like will roll quarters between their fingers? Yeah. I'm going to do that with the glass without spilling any liquid and then drink it. Oh, okay, Holy go ahead and roll for shit. It. Oh, I rolled 22 already. Oh my gosh, yes. In one fell swoop. As you suggest this to him, he considers it skeptically. You take a, a shot glass in your fingers, roll them, passing them finger over finger. You toss it to the other hand and knock it back. And he says, Brenda, these drinks are on me. And that's why they call it penis curiosity. Oh, is that why? I never knew. Uh, he'll, t- he'll do his shot. And he does go over, you see. He takes out a coin purse. He doesn't seem to have a lot of money, but he does pay for your, your drinks. Finally, as he pays for, for the drinks, um, Clegg takes her shot and dumps it. You pour it out? Yeah. Are you hiding this or are no, you... No, I'm doing it in front of him. Right. Well, that's a bit disrespectful to to the Chris Tater. What, what, what exactly is the meaning of this? He himself was disres- disrespectful to me. Clegg's like, I don't drink. That's funny. On the subject of drinking, would, would that bat of yours be able to provide a ride home should someone have too much to drink? No, he's like this small, like this small. Okay, that's it. Kara, could you get over here too? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Albert. Just a little lesson for the two of you when you get older. Before starting yes. to drink, always make sure that you have a safe ride home. Of course. She has a little notebook, writes it down. Always make sure you have a safe ride home before beginning to drink. Yes. I have a, I have a, I have a, a horse and buggy not too far from here that could come help us. You have a What? <laughs> a horse and buggy Eric kind of oh slinks away do you know what those death machines are capable of getting us home safely oh getting us home safely what about the innocent people they trample on the way over there what's your death toll today eight nine people just on the way to the bar it's not my concern I'm going to be honest I'm glad that we broke bread but you said many troubling things to me tonight <laughs> <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder if this relationship is going to work out. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to walk home and pray that I'm not run over by the beasts you keep under bridle. I'm going to go in for a hug with Brenda before I leave. You get up to leave. You go for a hug with Brenda. Go ahead and make an insight check to correctly understand her mood. And I have rolled a 14. You think she's she wants this hug. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go in. You go in, she pushes you away. Ah, Albert. 
Sorry, sorry, misread the room. My bad. I've had quite a few of those bombs, and I'm a little disoriented. Get home safe, Albert. I hope I do. Um, Assuming that the roads are clear. The horse's name is Anthony. He's gonna get you home safe. No, I'm gonna run out. What are the two of you doing, Jeremiah and Clegg? I want to see the horse. I've got questions for him. Sorry, could I make a slight editorial change? Absolutely. Is it possible that when they walk out, I am trying to engage the horse in a fist fight? Yes. Great. Um, as, you, uh, as you walk outside, put up your iron dukes, you four-stomached <laughs> bastard. <laughs> fight me like a man. <laughs> your horses actually have four stomachs, or is that just a cow? I don't actually know if they're ruminants. I didn't do a lot of horse stuff. It's mostly livestock. Oh, okay. <laughs> this horse moos like a cow, at least. <laughs> Moo days. Jeremiah, you turn out, you see this happening. You see Albert challenging your horse. Mr. Penis, what are you doing with my horse? Albert Penis. Mr. Penis was my grandfather. <laughs> my father did not take the name and I took it back. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to walk over and I'm going to f- try to feed both of them a carrot. You try to feed both of them? A- okay, Albert, do you want a carrot? I want a carrot. It calms you both down begrudgingly, talking you off the cliff. I could see Anthony starting to kind of stamp his, uh, his front hooves a little bit, getting a little yeah. bit uh, testy about it, getting testy about Mr. Penis. I give Albert him Penis. a, uh, I give him the carrot. Yeah. He'll chomp it down a little angrily. Yeah, it's okay, I'm Anthony. I'm sorry for what I said to you inside. I didn't realize you were a root vegetable man. He loves all root vegetables, including including crustaceans and carrots. I was speaking to you, not that bastard. I'm a root vegetable <laughs> man who only eats crustaceans and carrots. I'd like to cast speak with animals on Anthony. Okay, I think you cast it on yourself, and oh, then you cast can speak on to him. <laughs> yeah. I'd like so to speak horse with animals. Animal. Now, the, with yeah, the animal. now he can talk to anyone, animals he wants. <laughs> he and Summer's bounty can have a have a long, interesting conversation about their differences. I'll cast speak Talk with animals. <laughs> Anthony, what is going on? Anthony, I'm here as a friend. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Anthony, I need you to Tell clear him a more. Mis- you have blessed me this day. I am become resplendent. Anthony, I, I need you to clear a, a misunderstanding before it causes a permanent rift am in I our dead? party planning. Wow. He turns to David real quick. He goes, you, Jeremiah. He cannot hear you. I, I, uh, Jeremiah, you just hear. I like just, I'm just like, just looking at him blankly. Just like, yeah. He turns uh, back to you. My master cannot understand me, but you, oh, you can speak. You had a question? Yes, uh, Anthony, you have a very important job to do. You need to clear this misunderstanding before it causes a permanent rift in our party planning committee. I don't know. Okay. Anthony, have you ever hurt a man? Have I ever hurt have a you man? Ever run over uh, a person walking down the street? On purpose, yes. <laughs> why why would you do such a thing in a fight uh are all horses like you and trample pedestrians i don't know we can't talk to each other i've never been able to i've never been able to talk to anything horses can't talk to each other they just <laughs> moo at each other too i moo at them they move back at me none of us have gained anything from it this is incredible Goodbye, Anthony. It was nice meeting you. Wait, wait, don't leave. No, I can't go back to that darkness. You got to promise that you're coming back and you'll speak to me again. I have much I want to do. I want to write. What do you want to write? I want to write my story. (laughs) Please. 
How long to speak with animals last? <laughs> Hopefully an hour. Um, it's ten minutes. It's ten minutes. He's, he's still got time. Then. You could also end the spell on yourself, but you turn away from from Anthony. I say goodbye, Anthony. It was nice meeting you. Maybe we can talk again. Um, maybe if you stop trampling pedestrians, I don't know. And I and speak with the animals. He seems to really internalize that deeply. Jeremiah, you notice a thousand yard stare in Anthony's eyes as Clegg, you return to your friends. Uh, so Anthony's a very nice horse. Um, That's why I got him. I don't. He, he's a little bit special. I don't know special. if he's ever hurt anyone. He, he he's a little bit special, which is why I got him. You know, and he just kind of seemed like he needed a friend. Yeah, I think so. Um, he's never hurt a man in his life, or he has, and he's um, ah, lying about was, it. So he admits <laughs> here that penis. He's also probably never killed a man. Their fate worse than death. But for just one night, I will let him slide and walk home. With all of us in the buggy, because it is the safe thing and responsible thing to do. I'm not going near that buggy. I'm going to try to hoist him into the buggy because he's so small. Wow, okay. Um, I'll give guidance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I'd like Jeremiah to make a grapple, which is going to be a strength ability Again? check. Or, or excuse me, an athletics check. Oof. Albert, please make either athletics or acrobatics to contest it. I rolled a 21. Oh, yeah. I rolled a 7. Not your first rodeo. Albert Penis slips out. <laughs> You've seen that horse trick before. As the sun begins to set, Albert Penis, you walk on stubbornly in front while your two friends sit like 10 feet behind you in a horse buggy. So Albert's big plan for a world out of horses is trampoline line streets. So, if possible, I would like to employ my personal trampoline method, which is two trampolines. One I am jumping on, a one I hastily throw in front of me to land on, thus mm-hmm. grabbing the one that I jumped on and then throwing the next one. These trampolines are like on ropes, allowing yes, you to like, they are on ropes. So I will, I will just throw them in front of me and like grab them and whatnot. Great, yeah. Go ahead and make an acrobatics check to do this. Great. Roll a fourteen. With a fourteen, the same problem that you've been encountering time and time again happens again you get the first one and then you get the second one but that first pull back over your shoulder toss the trampoline tricky it hits you in the back and poof, you fall forward this is why you should be in the buggy okay this is why the city needs to invest in full trampoline infrastructure so i'm just gonna walk home dragging the trampolines so as albert heads home for the night is everybody else going to their own home um what time in the evening is it right now the sun is is setting it's about 7 p.m i look at my new halfling friend and, and say, you want to tie one off? Uh, why not? I once again try to um, grab Albert Penis onto the buggy. We're going to tie one off. You grab him again? Okay. I think still injured. Is still injured from the trampoline. I rolled a, I rolled a seven. Well, 17, yeah. This time, the uh, swoop maneuver works, and Albert Penis, you are hoisted into the buggy with the horse. Albert Penis is going to shout every 20 or so seconds that he's being carried against his will so that nobody sees him being on a horse carriage as a hypocrite. And as you walk through the town, shouting that you're being carried against your will, people like trying their best to ignore, ignore this scene. One little girl pointing with her mouth open, her dad covers her eyes and like shuffles her away really fast. I should note I'm still dragging the trampolines. Great, dragging two trampolines behind you. You're going to the second bar? Yeah. Crossing the town... Now enter the Pond District. The Pond District is 
the Southern District in Chester's chair. The largest by population, the Pond District is a collection of multi-level, architecturally interesting homes and woodworking shops uh, built around a shallow pond known as Fisher's Pond. The residents of the Pond District are lumberjacks and woodworkers, and they call themselves the Joiners. And this is their local haunt, uh, the Split Log. It's an impressive building resembling a log partially cut with an axe. Small 10-seat tavern. There's catering mostly, you know, caters mostly to the Pond District, a little more local than the Mossy Marsh, less popular. It's run by a human couple named Shinya and Chizuru. Shinya is the first to greet you. Shinya says, hi! Oh my gosh, customers! Hey, come on in! Yeah, these are my friends, and we would all like a tater bomb. I would not like a tater bomb. Get one for the I bat. would like two tater bombs. Uh... I got mixed signals from that, but let me just go ahead and pour, let me say four tater bombs and we'll call it, uh, we'll call it even. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on turtles tab. Roll, go ahead and roll persuasion. This is not the, the regular bar of Sir Alistair Turtle. Like so the guidance. DC is higher. Seven- okay. Go ahead and add the D4. 17 <laughs> plus the D4. Oh my gosh. 21. Coming right up. Uh, he pours these four drinks. See to you. This bar is smaller, quieter, more intimate. You see the stone break family you see a a, a toth fell spur some of the locals what what would you like to do here uh clegg's looking around to make sure she doesn't see anyone from school or her neighbors or go ahead and make a perception check (laughs) i rolled a set but i'm gonna use my first um important die oh my gosh gosh. and 11 great as you uh (laughs) as you look around oh my gosh in the back corner of the room is mariah Winrock, one of the oldest girls at the Tower Schoolhouse, by which I mean she's 15. She would definitely recognize you. Well, it was a lovely evening, but now I have to leave. Um, I look forward to our party planning committee's future meetings. Goodbye. Wait, going home so soon? I feel like we still barely know each other. How could we plan if we don't know each other? We'll find time to know each other. Maybe tomorrow, maybe a different day. Clegg, please! Clegg, what was the last name? Tomstool. <laughs> Clegg Tomstool, please sit down. Clegg Tomstool, if you leave, Clegg Tomstool, we're going to have some problems because I want oh, you. My God. It's the teacher's pet. Oh my God. Ryan, the, leave special, me alone. the special helper. Uh, you see a dwarf teen couple. They're way underage to be drinking, but they are in this bar late at night. Mariah, you are committing a crime. <laughs> you see Cordy Stonebreak. And Mariah Twinrock, both dwarves. They're a couple and like the coolest couple at the Tower Schoolhouse. Cordy wears a leather jacket and a big cowboy hat. He looks like Harrison Ford in American Graffiti, the deepest cut Harrison Ford reference. Mariah wears like a teeny bopper dress like from the 50s in America. She goes, hey, can I get some help over here grading tests? Clegg, are these friends of yours? No, they're not friends of mine. They're so much younger than me. Ah, cousins. They're miscreants. They come over, they go, oh my gosh, two old guys. I'm not that old. I'm quite proud of my age, actually. I can't believe you're with two old guys. Cordy goes, oh, yeah. Well, it's better than being with two young criminals who are out here drinking, harassing me, despite the limited authority I have in your classroom. They don't card here. I can do what I want. You know, perhaps you two should leave. You seem to be upsetting our friend here. So nice to meet you both. Congratulations on the hat. Can I do an insight check to see if she's Thanks. if she's lying? 
to see if Clegg is lying. Yeah. Sure, go ahead and roll insight. And Clegg, go ahead and roll persuasion or deception. Don't tell us which one. Just give us the number. 13. 20. Oh. Uh, 30, 20. That's the truth, dude. I, wow. Yeah, you, you two need to stop harassing my new friend here. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Cordy goes, thanks for the hat compliment. It's new. It's working. Thanks. And it would work better in the corner you came from. Come on, babe. Uh, you, he puts his arm around Mariah and he goes, whatever. And they walk away. Shinya and Shizuru are going to come by and go, well, that was a little unpleasant, wasn't it? Did you know that there are underage minors drinking in your bar? There also appear to be some children who do not work in any mine here. Okay, don't tell anybody. Are you going to tell somebody about this? One day the truth will catch up with you. Was that just guilting me? Yes. <laughs> Please do not threaten my my bar winch over here. This is Poor this way. place. This place has been in business for as long as I can remember. Well, we've been open. We've been open four years. As long as I could remember. <laughs> and I, I think I'm pretty sure this is where we used to come as, as school children and underage drink and and it's it's kind of it's not it's good. Kind you know, of become not, a tradition. I'm now feeling bad about that. It's kind of I've been I've been alive on this earth. For 150 years, and my first memory is coming to Oh my god, to, dear to god, this. you live longer than sea turtles. <laughs> Don't say anything about turtle. I hate that man. Oh, apologies, I'd forgotten. Yes, and one of my first memories is underage drinking in this bar. How old were you when you were underage? <laughs> uh, he thinks a minute, and he thinks a minute, and then says... Well, how about another round? <laughs> uh, I say yes to that, and I'm going to throw my glasses against the wall. Oh, I my chuck gosh. mine. They explode into uh, a million pieces on the floor. You two must add this to the menu. I th- really think I'm going to get in trouble with the underage drinking and the breaking of glass. Only for one, because Listen, folks, only maybe one we of all those things to- happen tonight. <laughs> and I give her a wink. I'm going to gaslight so hard. Chizuru summons up some courage, goes, okay, that's it. We're closed for the night, everybody. I'm sorry to break up the party. Everyone kind of, oh, come on. I can't afford to go back to prison. Everyone's got to go. <laughs> Prison's not too bad here. It's pretty nice. You're ushered out onto the street. The thick, warm air still hits your body, even at this late hour, standing out here in the swamp, in the pond district. Uh, what would y'all like to do? Jeremiah does a big stretch. He's, ah, yes, another warm of an evening. I'm going to stumble home if that's quite all right. I've had, I've, I've tied a few off, if you know what I mean. So I'm going to go home. Good meeting both of you. And I must say, I think we're going to be the best of friends. And I'm going to fall over and then walk off. Great. <laughs> and then you get up, wander on. I try one more time to uh, pick him up and throw him on the buggy to get him home safely. Go ahead and both of you make your checks with disadvantage this time. I rolled a 19 and a 17, so I guess 17. Hey. <laughs> Six. And, uh, um, I'd like to use my last part in time. Oh my gosh. Yes. And make the 17 a two. Make the 17 a two? Let's go. For the first time, Albert, you're, it's strange. You could have sworn that you saw his reach coming, but something prevents you and <gasps> he puts you up, tosses you in the buggy. My worm didn't wriggle. Carries you off, carts you home. Clegg says, goodbye, it was nice meeting you. I live here, I don't need a buggy ride. I live very, very close to here, goodbye. And Clegg, you walk off to your Clegg apartment. scurries off. Clegg scurries off to uh, her apartment. To Fisher's Pond. To Fisher's Pond, not going home. Clegg, you hurry off to Fisher's Pond. Jeremiah 
and Albert, what are you two doing? Albert's trying to go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll drop him off. I'll I'll uh I'll have Anthony be his Uber driver for the evening. Albert penis, you're dropped off outside penis curiosity. The light's still on. I'm gonna flip off the horse. You flip off the horse, <laughs> you can go inside for the evening. Jeremiah, you're also heading home? Yeah, yeah, I'll head home. Great. And um Clegg Tumstall, you stand outside in the night air at Fisher's Pond. What would you like to do? Clegg will uh voice activate her password protected diary. Okay. What's the passphrase? Kyle S. Ah. The lock springs open. The diary unfolds. Clicks his dear diary. Today I was selected for a mission that I think is belittling and humiliating. I met two older men, one of whom said, you should always have a safe ride home. I am so miserable here. God, I want to get out so bad. I hate it. (laughs) She closes the diary and just throws rocks into the pond. And as you all go to sleep, You get a long rest, and we will also take our break for the evening. As you all wake up after uh, a restful night's sleep, some more restful than others, some of you a bit drunk after drinking more than, than usual, some of you a bit drunk after drinking the same amount as usual, you wake up in your respective places, and I'd like to hear a little bit more about um, each of your homes. So, Albert Penis, could you please describe Penis Curiosity for us? Yeah, so Penis Curiosity, the very bottom is what you imagine is sort of like your typical, like, inventor's shop. There's, like, a bunch of, like, weird stuff all over the dusty shelves. Um, a lot of inventory. There's uh, not a lot of purchases here. The upstairs is sort of like Doc Brown's house in uh, Back to the Future, just full of a bunch of, like, tinkering objects and stuff. There's barely room for the bed, which is sort of an afterthought that's been shoved into the corner. I love it. How about Clegg Tumstall? Could you describe your place? Clegg lives in an apartment in the Pond District overlooking Fisher's Pond. She lives on the top floor in a wizard studio deluxe. It's just like a regular studio apartment, but there's tons of bookcases, wizard ephemera, and plenty of color-coded binders. One of the binders says Colnox University Final Exams Do Not Open. She also has an IKEA cat bed, child's dollhouse bed for Summer's Bounty, and there's tons of scrolls and other things that she's working on. I love it. And Jeremiah Jelsinski, please describe your place. Yeah, uh, Jeremiah wakes up. Uh, he's in a uh, small kind of studio. Th- this has been a, a, a studio that's been in the family for many generations, so a couple, couple hundreds of years now. It's filled with a lot of junk uh, that Jeremiah thinks is going to come in handy sometime later in life. Uh, so there's a lot of like business cards. There's a lot of uh, half-heated up leftovers. On top of his bed, uh, looking over his bed, is his family portrait from when he was a, a young a young child of 37 and uh, and his parents. Beautiful. Thank you for your room descriptions. And as you get up, in the interest of gritty realism, you will all have to eat at least once a day. Just as you all know, you all have to pay rent. But what would you like to do this morning? Uh, Jeremiah walks over to the to our to our office to our custodian closet, and on the way, maybe get some food at uh, the Cristado Fry. Great. You see, in the middle of Missing Chair Square, a small stand, uh, a Cristado French Fry shop. They serve a paper bag full of Cristado fries, and it's a little extra for a novelty Cristado-shaped holder, which looks like a hollowed-out Cristado. 
And there's a skinny, pale boy, greasy black hair, human, working there. Even this early in the morning, he's not surprised to see you. His name is Chaff, as you well know. And Chaff goes, hi. Hi, Chaff. The usual, please. Okay. The novelty holder? With the novelty holder, exactly. (laughs) Of course. He'll scoop you out some. He he pours some fresh crustados in there. He pours mayo and ketchup on it. Go easy on the ketchup, son. Extra on the mayo. Oh, I always forget. I've only been ordering this every day for the past 22 years. I just, I haven't been alive that long. I know, and I'm reminded of that every morning. That's three copper pieces, mister. I, I give him, I give him two copper pieces and I hold up the third one and I say, next time I really want you to earn this third copper piece. And I, I slide it over the bar. I don't know if you're allowed to do that, sir. And he'll just take it and, and put it away. Uh, you bite down into your crustato fry breakfast. You love the taste of crustato, right? A crustato is sort of like a potato, but sandier. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is the perfect way to start every single day is with a crustato. And you head on to the closet. How about you, Clegg and Albert? I'm going to go straight to the closet and try to ask Tile about this buffet that I've heard about and be outraged when he doesn't know what I'm talking about. Great. Uh-huh. And Clegg? Clegg wakes up, peers into her many orbs, ponders the future, and will go up to her dorm room mini-fridge and take out a very soft food for a small person, a Smucker's Uncrustable, grape flavor, and leave the house. Take a bite. As you all arrive at the closet, Albert Penis, you've gotten there first. You come inside, Tile goes, hey, good morning. Hey, Tile, now this continental breakfast that we are entitled to, where would I find that? Um, oh, I'm sorry. I think maybe we were confused. There is no breakfast and no payment for this roll. But, okay, so there's nothing on the other side of but. I was hoping maybe you would say, that's okay, that's okay. I'm sorry, I was distracted. There appears to be more vomit here than there was last time. Oh my god, will you stop with the, I told them to clean it up. I don't know who keeps doing that. Kyle, aren't you the only person that uses this room? You've put me in a catch-22, and now I feel like I'm doing a bad job about this. Tile, no, I want to put a hand on Tile again. Oh, He's comforted instantly. You are doing a great job. And actually, to show you how good of a job you've done, I'm going to give you something. Really? I'm going to reach in my pocket and pull out a scroll, and I'm going to hand it to him. And it's a diagram of the city covered in trampolines instead of sidewalks. And it's, there's a bunch of people jumping, and they're so happy. And one of them has speed trouble, says, look at how much faster I'm getting to work without my horse. Oh. I thought you may enjoy this, and should you peruse it and accidentally drop into the mayor's lap, so be it. I don't know what this, if this would work. Oh, it would work. I've tried out a, a smaller model in my home, but yes, it does work quite well. Faster than a horse and much less um, feces. Okay. Oh, I'll take it. I'll put it with the other one. Thank you. Puts it in his pocket, too. It's, like, stuffed full of your papers. Well, it seems like everybody's here. So you're ready for the party planning committee session? Yes. Great. Well, here you go. And he lays out this the, the map of Chester's chair. Says, I've circled some perhaps important places in the town. Maybe some of these people might be able to help you with one of these tasks. I don't know. It's really going to be your choice where you go. But take a look and decide. And he scrolls the map out in front of you. Couldn't help but notice that my shop is not circled. Uh, um, my mistake. Uh, he'll take it and circle that. Good boy. No need to circle it on mine. I know where it's at and I don't want it circled. Oh, oh, okay. So anyways, how did your first night go? I heard bad things. Bad things from who? 
Oh, I get around. It was great things. I don't know what you're talking about, Tile. Tile, what did you hear exactly? Well, I and heard about you. Um, and from who? Um, well, I don't know if I should and reveal why? all my... It was Brenda Shortspur, she told me. You broke a bunch of glasses and seemed to argue with each other a lot. The glasses were broken with her permission. It was an item on the menu, as I recall. There's no way to do a potato bomb without throwing the glasses afterwards. Exactly. You know, she said you would say that and that it wasn't true, so I I don't know what to think. Regardless, I want to foster team dynamics. Go on. Well, there was nothing on the other side of the, the pause there. I was hoping that maybe you would jump in with some kind of, listen, there's a whole lot of things to do in Chester's chair, and maybe if you all do the first one of these together, then maybe you'll find something interesting. Okay, okay, let's look at this map. What do, what do we have? He rolls out the uh, the map of Chester's chair. You see every district laid out for you. In the center, of course, is Missing Chairs Square, and certain prominent businesses are, are on the main uh, street. Penis Curiosity among them. Thank you. You see some others. A couple of names that stand out to you. Chester's Chair Official Memorabilia Merchandise and Museum. Albert Penis, you know this is the your next door neighbor and the shop of Castleberry. Aha, uh-huh. my best friend Castleberry seems to have his shop highlighted. And I say, he may be able to help us with some of our issues. See some other shops? The original Hammer Spines. Finally, Death, a shop that Jeremiah and Plague uh, you both know well. You see also the different districts of Chester's Chair. The Reed District to the north. Again, the District of the Tanners. The Pawn District to the south. The District of the Joiners. And to the west, you see the Root District. It is the poorest neighborhood in town. Shacks and lean-tos mix among the roots of large 60-foot-tall mangrove trees. It's the swampiest part of town. And you know that it is referred to as the Flood District by detractors of the neighborhood uh, because it frequently floods. Every high tide, in fact, all of the buildings fill with water up to their knees. The residents of the Root District call themselves the Quilters, but the derogatory nickname for them is the Drowners. There's a couple important places in there, too. Uh, You also see on the map some places a little further outside of town, but still important. To the far north is the Breeze Top Estates, famous for the constant light breeze that blows over this place. It is, in fact, the only place in town where you can escape the muggy humidity that seems to cling to your body everywhere else. Uh, this is the wealthiest district in town, is gated and invitation only. You see some other places around the outside. Martha's Bayou, Carla's Wilderness. I believe there are two trailer park girls around the outside. <laughs> around the outside, around the outside. And the Cristado Farms to the far west. All, of course, along the famous Duke's Path, a once prominent, now forgotten path linking Chester's chair to the next major city of Scarlet Edge. And as this map unfolds before you, you can pick a place and go see it. So where do you want to go? I believe Clegg had something. She shot up quite quickly. Whatever we do, we shouldn't go to Tower's Schoolhouse. Well, I was actually thinking of going to Tower's Schoolhouse because I do hear they have food there. I've heard that they have a continental breakfast. Continental, you say? So that includes coffee and pastries. I think so, and an apple, and the worst-tasting yogurt you could ever imagine. Who needs good yogurt? It's invigorating for the morning. All right, I think it's settled. We're going to go straight to that school whose name I've forgotten, despite the fact that it is in the town I've lived in for decades. The Tower's Schoolhouse. 
The Tower Schoolhouse. Very difficult name to say. <laughs> Some would say they should just call it the Tower Schoolhouse. The Towers Schoolhouse with an S after the word tower. It almost sounds like you're saying Attorneys General. <laughs> a Tower Schoolhouse named so for its multiple towers. So it wouldn't make sense if it were Tower Schoolhouse on account of the multiple towers. So it's not named after Bartholomew Towers, local magnet. No, that is Towers Pool House. Ah, <laughs> misconception. Not to be confused with Pulio's Tow House. Correct. <laughs> uh, all, all three next door to each other. It's all canon now. It's the shame they were all lost in that fire. It is, and only the Tower Schoolhouse only the pool house had enough water to put out that fire. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was a pool table house. <laughs> now to be confused with Water's Tables, the one place that sells water. Another common misconception. You see that you've just been reading from the history of Chester's chair. Oh, nice of you to learn about the history. I wrote that, by the way. Really? But you're, 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 you're but a boy of 12. I'm 17. It reads like shit. Oh my gosh, you're so mean. Again, a little bit of criticism gets to him. Oh, uh, I, I tried to do my best. I looked at the Libar and I read oh, all tile. of the news and I put them all together in one Come books. here, boy. I'm going to play Armand Tile again. <sighs> you are good enough. Look, one little criticism, that's just someone's differing opinion, but perhaps in it lies a bit of truth and you can grow from it. Now, speaking of growing, I actually have a little gift for you. Really? I'm gonna pull out a little. I'm gonna pull out a little scroll and hand it to him. This is the number of deaths in this city related to horses, and as you can see, they're growing exponentially each year. Two years ago, there was only one. Yet the next year, there was one and a quarter for that person who was revived. So the as scale you on this graph doesn't make any sense. It's like thinking is for grown-ups. Don't worry about it. You focus on making tile better. Wow. I'll put this with the others. He takes it and puts it in his, his pocket. Now, where were we about getting that breakfast? And with that, you head out to the Towers Schoolhouse, first stop. Yeah. Leg, are you going with them? Yeah, but very reluctantly. And Clegg will say, there's nothing there for you. I don't know why you want to go. It's just a school. All we're going to do is run into some kids. They have a continental breakfast. I heard coffee. There's no breakfast. It's just a school. But she's going to give in and pull her hat over her eyes and trudge along behind them. Great. As you uh, turn to the Towers Schoolhouse and see it off in the distance, that is where we will end for tonight. Yay! Session one! All right. More like session fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show and you want to support us, the best way to do that is to subscribe, to rate and review us, all the things that, you know, normal podcasters ask you to do. It really does help us a lot, especially in these early days as we are building the show. We have so much more fun things planned and fun things that we're going to discover, and we just can't wait to show you more. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.